0: This episode of Ride at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. That has a very special newsfeed. If you subscribe, go to Zupan's.com, subscribe mm-hmm. to their newsfeed, and every week you're going to get a special offer. Sometimes there's free stuff, um, and sometimes you're notified of great discounts. In this case, we're going to give you a little sneak peek. July 12th to 14th, you get 20% off all rosé wine, and Zupan's wine collection is second to none. Oh, yeah. Um so know that and if you're in the market for rose, that's the time it's to summer. Go.
1: It's it's rose season, is it not? There you go. Yeah. Speaking of wine, wine one oh one on the road is back, taking place Sunday, July twenty first. You can join uh Zupan's for a day of tasting with Zupan's wine buyer, Gina. You're gonna visit places like Montanor Estate in Forest Grove as well as the Elk Co Vineyards in Gaston. Gaston. One hundred dollars per person includes transportation, lunch, and tasting uh, buy those tickets at
0: Zupans.com. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you know what else is in season and new items mm-hmm. at, um, at Zupans is fresh and wild Columbia River sal- Salmon from Two Rivers Fish Company. They have both king and sockeye varieties, 100% native caught, and you can go on Zoopans' web- website to read a little more about Two Rivers Fish Company. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Let's not leave out those Blue Raven pies, though. Those are in season. Well, Chris.
0: you know, I'm actually very happy about that because I made that suggestion. I had bought the Blue Raven pies elsewhere. Yeah. And I mentioned to the folks at Zoopins, these are pretty good. You should check these out. So now there's a whole, whole complement of the awesome Blue Raven pies. At, Homemade Brighton uh, Amity, Oregon. Yes. So thank you, Chris. Yeah, oh, thank you, Blue Raven and Zupans for yep. giving everybody the opportunity to
1: try those. Three locations McAdam, Lake Oswego, and West Burnside. And always wear
0: Zoopans.com.
1: Here it is, it's right at Fort Portland's Food Scene
0: Podcast with your host Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And of course, Court Johnson from Kink.fm. Listen mm-hmm. to Court any time of the day. You can hear you, I, I hear you all the time. Ma-
1: mainly afternoons, 3 to 7 p.m. Right, but still. Occasionally I'll pop up other times.
0: Yeah, that's well, good to know. And you'll yeah. pop up here. I'm great. I'm glad you're popping up here. Well, I'm, you know, uh, somebody's got to push the buttons. <laughs> you know how
1: Slide to push to the slides. buttons? I do how to push some buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: By the way, are you still doing your podcast, the other podcast? I have
1: my podcast with my wife, but she started working a new job, which forced us to start recording it at home. Right. And you would think that since we're both at home, it would make it easier. No, it's made it worse. Yeah. It's
0: harder. But as we've learned, so we've been doing this for six years. I just cut you off. Yeah. As we've learned- it's very hard to sustain a podcast week after week after, oh, week, yeah, yeah. after week after week for sure. Week. And, and if you don't do it weekly, you got you can't gain a following.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and, and I've tried to take that into into practice, but it just hasn't quite happened
0: yet. Right. Well, that's why most podcasts don't last. Everybody tries, yep. no one starts it with the idea that they're going to quit. So, mm-hmm. with that in mind, you know, we really, you've already heard the messages. But thank you so much, Zupans and Ringside, right for. Bearing with us. Yeah, absolutely. Be- bearing with <laughs> us. Bearing with us. <laughs> and supporting us. It's been great. That's, that's so really what it is. No, I really appreciate those relationships. They're great people, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they've been with us, it helps us to put this, put this out every week. Great podcast like today's with Kai Koo of Den
1: Y Canting. This was a great conversation. In fact, I, I didn't want to say it when Kai was in the studio, but like he's got a voice for for like broadcasting.
0: Oh, you're, you're feeling threatened? Well, a little bit. Pick him up for kink. Well, I've got an afternoon shift, Kai, if you're uh, available. Right. So, he's been over at Denway Canting. He talks about it in the podcast uh, for a couple few years now, um, over on the east side. And in fact, I was uh, surprised to learn that it wasn't even really his concept to begin with. It was his partner, Partners. Kyle's. Yeah. and um, And he's the one who's done a lot of the research and keeps it going but the the restaurant is successful with Kai's skills and mm-hmm. his knowledge um but he's a uh, he's a korean guy cooking chinese food yeah that makes sense sure total sense yeah and um the other thing that we i knew going in but i really learned in this interview he's a really nice guy mm-hmm. and well spoken uh one of those interviews that i wish were continuing to go on not forever right But beyond the period, which we normally do, which is somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour. Right. Um, Really great interview, and um, we're glad we have Kai with us, and we're glad you have the opportunity. Those folks who are also bearing with us have the opportunity to listen right now.
2: Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zoo Pans, on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at ZooPans.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. By Portland Food Adventures, tempt yourself with an incredible Italian food vacation with Astra. Enzyme and a wonderful October journey to Bologna and Emilia-Romagna. It's all at portlandfoodadventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact right at the Fork host Chris Angelus for more information and special savings on these PFA food journeys. And by Gen Air Quality Appliances at Standard TV & Appliance. Standard TV & Appliance is your source for the best of Gen Air and associated brands where you can check out the latest technology in appliances like Gen Air's remote access ranges with a host of other cool features. For your upgrade or remodel, Gen Air and Standard, both staples in Oregon and Washington kitchens since 1947.
0: Have the uh, the mic's open right now. You're referring to the headphones. Nothing else you wanna You were going to yes, take off. Yes, that is that
3: is correct. Yes. So just want to make want to <laughs> make sure that
0: we're not doing. Uh, not, yeah. It's not, not
3: that kind of show,
0: and it's not that hot outside, so it's actually nice and. Tempered. It's beautiful outside, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. So um, it could be that kind of show.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: fair. Enough. If you want it to be. No, 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 Court. We're not going for that. No, okay, That's all right. <laughs> but well, and now, now with Kai, we have other guests <laughs> that we might want to. Well, no. See, we've had to learn to stay away from yeah those old haha jokes. Right, can't do them anymore.
1: You mean like the old morning show?
3: Yeah, Radio or jams. anything that yeah, has anything that any anybody yeah. could say. Oh, that's a little offensive. Is, is, is this what like uh, riding in a helicopter is like? If you have the earphones, like no, because it's that. a lot louder. And a oh. plane would be a
0: lot. You'd hear. You'd hear everybody be yelling, Uh, and so, and then once in a while it would cut out,
1: and the mic quality wouldn't be nearly as good. Right,
0: right. Right. So we got to get—that's what we should do—is a podcast in a helicopter. The whole thing. So what do you think of that over
3: there? (laughs) What? Yeah, exactly. You could go to uh, Seaside and rent that tour helicopter. You know, the one right off the 101.
0: (laughs) I'm very aware, but I pass (laughs) it all the time. I have
3: have never done that one. Neither have I. I've never been in a helicopter, so
0: oh, so. Uh, not that people are tuning in to hear this, but I'm going to tell you when we were in, uh, when I was in college, Mm -hmm. we were taking a drive through the grand Canyon, which where I later worked and flew on this helicopter as standby when I worked there in the summer of 1980 Uh when Mount St. Helens was erupting. Uh That's, that's my little uh, landmark moment. So, um, but my, my best friend and I were driving through the grand Canyon Mm -hmm. And they had helicopter flights, and um but like tour flights, though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. this was the same thing, but yeah. it was years a few years earlier, yeah, and uh of course, we were you know, this is when we were twenty-one, twenty, yeah. pretty buzzed, driving yeah. through the desert, <laughs> yeah. catching a buzz, and they had the uh, helicopter flights, so we both decided to go on it. Well, we were the only ones on it, and the guy was like a uh, telling us that he flew in the Korean War. Oh, okay. And he was, he said, "Do you want to have a little fun here?" And yeah. of course, we were, we were yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And he flew it with the nose down as, and it so oh, it that, felt like we were going right into the side of a cliff. Wow, that's crazy. And then he just lifted up, and the yeah. two of us were. <laughs> you know eyes popping out so anyway daredevil helicopter pilots i don't know if i would recommend right Um, but it was fun cool so this is no nowhere near as uh you know daredevil there's no this is easy you said you've never done radio before this actually isn't radio because it's not it's not live right so whatever you say isn't this
3: going out there this moment yeah Um, so what's the, uh, what's the deal with the word amazing? I was laughing when I read
0: that. Well, there's two things with the word amazing. And I thought of the second, I thought of the second layer this weekend. Yeah. So the thing about the word amazing, Uh and I'm glad you asked because we don't explain this every podcast. So someone who's just listening doesn't understand it. We've had guests on this podcast who say that word 40 times. Right. And so for us after a while, Uh It was like, it, everything isn't amazing. Louis C.K. Uh, does a whole routine on everything's amazing, but nothing really is, or something oh, like Desi. that. <laughs> and um, so, but we thought it uh, was a good idea. Let's just ban the word entirely, get people yeah, thinking of using other words, because yeah. go out there in the, wor- in the world, and everybody uses
3: that word all yeah, the time. It's used fairly often. Yeah, yeah,
0: so now we move to incredible and fantastic. Yeah. But we also thought, It was a little bit, if if we keep doing this on the podcast and Uh it becomes enough of a thing with the listeners, then every time they hear the word amazing, they're going to think of the podcast. Ah, okay. And then I'm going to go to a second layer that I thought this weekend. Yeah. So I'm a New York Met fan Uh from way back. I happened to be in New York this week and we bought tickets to the Mets game uh, two days ago. And, um... They had, the, uh, they had a tribute to the 1969 Miracle Mets, oh, okay. who also were dubbed yeah. by Casey Stengel the Amazons. Oh, so, they, that's
3: what they were called.
2: Yeah, the Amazing uh, Mets. And then oh, I thought, okay.
0: you know, as a Met fan, I should just say that word belongs to the New York Mets. Uh, and let's, You're taking and, ownership of it. Yeah, there yeah exactly. So that's all nice. Time, that's a good that connection, a, too. That could have been a second reason for <laughs> little, you to use
3: that word. A little bit of a stretch, but all right. Yeah.
0: Well, they were, you know, I think was that's a great connection at, with sure. the
3: podcast and your, your history with that. Yeah, but it, that
0: wasn't it. It was really because yeah.
1: people just overuse it. Yeah. So um, I tend to use the word awesome. Wait, wait. Yeah, awesome awesome that's
0: the second same, same one. Pretty, yeah, yep. I use
3: that word, I would say, more than amazing. Right. So
0: let me ask you this Are you yeah. aware of your use of the word awesome? And are you, do you try to make a conscious effort you know, not to say it? But I mean, Honestly, how about all no. the people would like? I mean, yes. those, that, and that, I do it once in a while. I'm guilty of too
3: but are I you only bad
0: are you bad there's some people uh,
3: sometimes every other word if i'm feeling flustered then yes it can be pretty bad but i only notice it honestly for myself if i'm like tex- texting you and, like texting so you're like texting. and if i reply you know if you're in a conversation where somebody keeps on saying like something new <laughs> you just mm-hmm. you run out of the those words you know it's like cool Awesome! Right. Great! You know what I mean. <laughs> you start to oh, yeah. repeat yourself. Well, again. that's why. So. That's
0: why all of a sudden I used to hate emojis, and <laughs> oh, now oh, I love them. Now oh, yeah, another, oh yeah! yeah. yeah and yeah. the other thing that Super I used useful. to hate was <laughs> gifts, and now uh-huh. I'll go look. I actually crack up at the right <laughs> gifts oh, yeah. at the right time. Yeah. Right? See, a, I, I
3: don't hmm. do the gifts. I've I haven't really gone on that journey. Is that yet.
0: because you don't have time? As, a, as uh, a,
3: I just don't understand, like the time it takes to look up a gif it just seems like oh it's kind of fun actually so really
0: if all of a sudden you want to do something like you know picking your nose or something (laughs) you you do a search for picking nose just on google no right on facebook oh okay i don't think yeah they don't have them on instagram necessarily Uh, that they work i don't think yeah you can't respond with a GIF, but you can on facebook you can on
1: most of your uh, texting you can right on texting Mm.
0: and so all of a sudden they'll be you look for the the perfect one that fits, and it'll, fits and it'll cin-
3: give you like a full list of.
0: It'll show you. Yeah. Well, it'll show you animated. You can see uh, them all going, okay. and okay. so you go. Oh, that one's. Uh, that one is actually funnier than I thought I yeah. was going to find. Okay. My 14-year-old and 11-year-old <laughs>
1: will have conversations with each other entirely out of yeah. gifs and emojis. Right. like There's no. There's nothing else. No, but no that. other. Yeah, and, <laughs> right. they, and they understand exactly what's going on. That's all. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. But it's funny how you come around on that stuff because yeah. I remember when I was annoyed buy gifts sure. uh, or you know i do hate the the cartoon stickers that are like ch- you know children right. yeah you know, jumping up and down yeah. and i delete those in my when people respond yeah. because they're, they're distracting the ones okay. that,
3: so you're you're all about the live action gifts well yeah, like, like real yes, people and, real
0: people. and yeah. i'm that way i don't like movies animated movies either uh-huh. let's talk about what i like this is why you came on the podcast <laughs> and the other there's one left that i'll never i don't think i will ever move on which is the use of lol Mm. uh i just think that's so stupid and i and everybody uses it everybody uses it they're not really laughing out loud and if someone cracks me up via text i Uh will say you have me laughing really hard or you don't do it like a
1: i do a ha ha ha. i actually write yeah but that
0: also is that people are people really i I do that
1: i do that if i'm really laughing but i but i agree with you i will never do lol yeah i don't like I don't like shortened, like the
3: UR. Right. Like, just like, I'm, I'm with th- court on that. When, yeah. I, when I do the ha-ha-ha thing, it means I'm really laughing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. on the, my uh, end. Uh, yeah. yeah, and every, yeah. so everything yeah. means different things. But I once had a, um, I'll say this, a chef who, had, who will remain nameless mm-hmm. in this instance. It's actually a pretty funny story. Who yeah. canceled a big thing on me uh-huh. and said, so this isn't really my thing. I don't think I want to do this, LOL. And I was like, you just, that was like a, this was a trip. (laughs) This was a trip. Oh, my God. And I thought, you just don't know the, you you haven't figured out the actual use of it. First of all, I'm pissed. Yeah. And second of all, you didn't even get LOL right, so now I'm doubly, doubly pissed. (laughs) But I got over it that morning, you know, the the morning of, after Trump's election. How about that?
3: And that was the day, too? That was the LOL
0: text. Anyway, so... I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, no. This is the podcast. It's no. not. We're not necessarily here to talk about food. You got anything fun to talk about? With, you want to get into food, or you want to? Let's talk about your restaurant. Okay. Um, and it's. I have to admit, I've only been there a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I should have been. I wish I could visit everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot often. of restaurants in the city. Yeah, so, and they're yeah. more and more. And you were. Yeah. I was thinking about it on the way in today. You are one of the guys who opened. A restaurant in those new spaces that mm-hmm. we're seeing all over the place, yes. you know, under apartments and, yep. um,
3: you were pretty, that was, we, yeah. When we looked at the building, uh, the Donway w- w- is in, uh, it was a patch of dirt. Mm-hmm. They had literally leveled. There used to be this really odd lawyer's office who did taxes and divorce and also sold like tropical plants out on the front. I don't know if you remember that.
0: No, but, no. But uh.
3: That's what the building was before, you know, the Beam Development Group and a couple other partners bought the lot, I think, to build the building. Um, and what year was this?
0: Do you this remember was, when you looked at oh, it?
3: Oh, wow. This was in 2015. No, maybe late 2015.
0: Okay. Well, that um, was more recently and, than I thought. Yeah, that was only four years yeah, ago. But,
3: four years. Uh, it, was, it was a real stretch for us at first because there was just... There's literally nothing there other than artist sketches you know and right but that's exciting for you because most people in
0: your position at the time where you hadn't owned a restaurant or had you know you'd worked at lots of restaurants right but would be looking for you know the lardo the original lardo kind of space how do we make this work and how do we get beyond this these problems
3: yeah yeah
0: but you're looking at brand new space that Uh was exciting yeah
3: it was it was exciting and uh yeah i mean my business partner is actually who had no restaurant experience um they were just kind of like this isn't gonna work <laughs> I was like you guys gotta trust me like this <laughs> location is prime the building's really nice you know everything's it's not every day you get to go into something that's like everything's up to code you know and like seismic and plumbing and all that stuff is right. already in place and you know it's gonna be a hundred percent solid um so it took some convincing uh you know a couple weeks but uh, they they finally kind of signed on to it and we and kind so, of move forward from there.
0: And so you had never had you ever run a restaurant before? Uh, uh, or yeah, running?
3: lots of restaurants. I mean, I was, oh, you run uh, them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at uh, well, Blue Hour was my last gig. It was only a year. Right. Um, okay.
0: But you're you're running the kitchen right, there, and right. are, are you running? So you're not necessarily you're running the kitchen at at, at I
3: am running the kitchen as well as all operations. Yeah. Come okay. So you've never done all operations. Uh. Not. 100%, I'm not trying to challenge you. I but just pretty. But at Clark Lewis, I spent uh, almost six years there, Okay, and that's it, right. it was pretty close to all operations. Okay. Yeah. So
0: that when you were opening this, your investors were had high confidence because yes. what I was getting at is yeah. here they had space they weren't real comfortable with. Yeah. And now they yeah. Got the, right. You know. So yeah. I just want to make sure they had confidence in you. Yeah. And they did. Obviously, yeah. they put the money up. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so how's it going now? Uh, it's going, it's going great. It's, in this it's crazy always, restaurant world yeah, of yeah. Portland,
3: Oregon. Yeah, it's, it's always changing. Um, you know, when we started, we had a very laser-focused vision of um, Kyle, who's the, one of the main inspirations for our menu, our mm-hmm. opening menu. Um, but, uh, you know, it was the style of food in Beijing that he fell in love with, that he wanted to bring and to Portland. what's Kyle's last name again? Uh, Kyle, that is his last name. So his oh. full name is James Kyle but literally everybody on the planet calls him Kyle.
0: Okay. He's (laughs) a really nice guy. I met him
3: when you first opened. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he, uh, you know, we, and we still have a lot of stuff on the menu that we change our menu pretty much quarterly, not everything, but about 50 to 60%. And that has evolved, you know, from being almost a hundred percent kind of Kyle's inspiration to us, you know, taking trips back to China, Kyle, especially going back to Beijing, Shanghai, you know, just different larger metropolis cities in China and, you know, kind of bouncing ideas off of like what's in and what's hip or, you know, something that he's never tried before in Beijing and kind of incorporating Mm -hmm. that aspect of it into the menu. So it's been, it's been really fun to just see the, I guess, the evolution of, you know, the style of food of the style of Chinese food that we do. And it was, it was very different. So So,
0: what, um, talk a little bit about Kyle. Did he come to you and say, I have this idea because you're not Chinese. Right.
3: I'm Korean American. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I never cooked uh, Chinese food professionally before. I mean, at home, you know, quite a bit for dinners or whatever, but, uh, nothing is in depth until I met Kyle. We actually met through a realist, a restaurant, real estate broker here in Portland, and we were looking for spaces separately. Um mm. he was looking for spaces for Donway, and I was looking for spaces for Superhawk. and so um you know, I toured one space for Superhawk, and the real estate broker just at random w- just asked, "Are you you know what exactly are you looking for as far as you know a business partner?" And I was like, "Well, I have one, but you know." I'm open to meeting other people and networking. (laughs) I'm opening to (laughs) committing adultery on this before (laughs) I even get going. Right, right. So she was was like, well, I have this client. He's looking for a chef who can execute. So I initially thought it might have been, you know, maybe like a six-month consulting or, you know, something short-term just to kind of get the restaurant off the ground. And we met actually, um, done a gigantic brewing um, for a meeting, which I thought was just going to be like I said, initial conversation. And by the end of it, we are just like, okay, I guess we're going to do this, you know, two and a half hours later. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And so he kind of explained his vision, um, you know, what he had in mind and, uh, yeah. And then we, you know, did the pop-ups for about a year up at Mount Tabor Roastery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we just, you know. And were me.
0: they called Dunway Canting? They that? were.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They were Dunway Canting. But it's funny because we were, we were always called a pop-up, mm-hmm. but We were never, we never intended to become, you know, a pop-up. Like, it was always, from the very beginning, it was always going to be a restaurant, like a brick and mortar. You know, we weren't looking to open a food cart or, you know, do any kind of, like, temporary series. And so, I think a lot of people still assume that we opened because we wanted to do a pop-up. But from the very, you know, from moment zero, it was always... I would imagine a, a
0: lot of pop-ups now. They have the vision of a brick and mortar that they're going to open so, yeah. eventually. I think some of them are maybe you're in a different category because yeah. some of them are hopeful,
3: right? Like, right. And it's, okay, and it's We hard might if, be
0: able to get here if we can get an audience yeah, going.
3: Yeah, and it's really hard too because if you're working, you know, in the industry, and if you're already doing like forty-five, fifty hours a week, I mean, what time do you have to go pop up? You know, and at once a month at best, and be a parent, you know, right?
0: Exactly on top of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so and luck. and be uh, in your case, you yeah. know, have a a husband, right, or a, no, a wife, a wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. I'm yeah. saying your head case, oh, B. A oh, husband. right, right, yes, no, of course. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah it for, is for you so, to do that. Yeah. So you have to have a lot of vision. What was yeah. the what was Superhawk
3: going to be? Uh, well, Superhawk is that's uh, what I thought. Yeah, going to be. Uh, it's my fine dining concept. Um, so it's basically my. Um, vision of you know the fine dining place that i've wanted to open my entire career and uh it's uh it's been you know there's been phases where i've gotten really close
0: and oh so it's not actually serving
3: no now. not yet uh-uh. okay we're still looking for physical locations right now i it. So, so it's not going to yeah. be
0: in the back room no
3: are. we might do a few pop-ups before the there end of go. the year um but, now i'm not uh, feeling
0: so bad i knew i had yeah. read about it but i, yeah. didn't, I thought it kind of well you decided to go this direction right right instead. yeah
3: not a lot of people know uh specifics about it it's not something that i talk about a lot I'm um, actually i'm trying to think probably the only person who really knows anything in depth the last person probably gary we we had dinner uh a, it was a few months ago but i told him a little little bit about it and just oh, kinda, great yeah. what did he
0: have to say because he's he's, got a he's, lo- he's told got me that lo- i'm lo-
3: that i'm crazy
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but he, a fine dining restaurant he probably thinks you know. you're crazy anyway
3: <laughs> yeah maybe yeah but uh, yeah, no, he he's so actually why he super. Say, why super did he say
0: you were crazy? What was oh, it? just because Gary knows. And we're talking about Gary the foodie. Yes. So yes. At, at Gary the foodie, if you want to see someone who's not
3: crazy <laughs> yeah. at all, yeah. with regard to food, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean Gary, you know he he's very in the know on the yeah. restaurant industry side of, I think beyond not, Portland. That's right, why it's right, cool exactly. to get perspective, you know, and he knows how hard fine dining can be. Um, but you know. We just we kind of talk because I wanted his input actually. That's why I asked him, uh, you know, just to chat and you know just see what he thought. And, of course.
0: Uh, Does um, anybody pay him for
3: this? Because I'm sure <laughs> you every, know more than anyone. I I'll don't think. think they
0: do, and I don't think he would accept anything. He doesn't get paid to do the podcast, and <laughs> yeah. he comes. But it's yeah. kind of interesting because in it's very typical of Portland. Uh-huh. That he's just happy to yeah, yeah help
3: yeah, and, but and,
0: really he could be charging consulting yeah, fees I, to people. Yeah, I would not, hey, Gary.
3: Yeah, I would not be surprised if you know.
0: I want to I want to cut of that if <laughs> for that suggestion.
3: Yeah, um, yeah but, but he's so, so, so he said and he thought. Yeah, no, and uh, you know he we we chatted and uh, he had some really good input, um, but it was yeah it was it was good. He had uh, he has a lot of perspective as well as obviously with the Portland restaurant scene Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, among chefs, especially as like a consumer with very good taste, he's obviously respected uh, as much as anybody in this town, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, um, but yeah, I've gotten over the last four or five years, I've met a lot of really good people, everyone from, you know, line cooks to front of house managers, um, to, you know, consumers, whether it be Gary, the foodie or, you know, a regular that, I had at Clark Lewis or at Donway and uh, I feel like the the restaurant community is very tight knit um, and you know you can't guarantee success in any restaurant you open but I feel like Superhawk is going to be a pretty big step forward for me but also for you know just to present the style of food that I want to do there so
0: and I think maybe the time is right I'm not a mm-hmm. consultant on this but no. it seems to me that with um all the hotels coming in and mm-hmm. the Portland food scene relying more on tourist dollars mm-hmm. yeah. that fine dining is probably something that it w- would
3: work better now than it would have five years ago, or it's, 10 years it's ago, or new fine dining. Yeah. yeah you never it's, know. It's hard. Cause you know, fine dining is, I feel like in Portland fine dining, I mean, up at obviously at the upper echelon, we have places like, you know, Castagna where Justin's doing amazing food, you know? And for me, I even think of like Hanuk as, mm-hmm fine dining, you know, because it's,
0: that's fine. it's dining, very Portland high, style.
3: right. It's very high end food. I mean, you don't, there's no white tablecloth, which I'm not a fan of by the way, either way, but, um, you know, Peter's doing amazing food there presented beautifully, but it's a very laid back, you know, cool Portland vibe, you know? Um, so it's hard to define in Portland, whereas you go to New York and you say fine dining and you think per se, you know, you think a Terra. You know, you think all of the Danielle, you know, all the Michelin star places. Where I also think of the
0: old school places when yeah. I think of fine dining. I'm yeah. not necessarily thinking because, you know, just locally uh-huh. and, you know, full disclosure, they sponsor the podcast. But ringside, yeah. when I go oh, there, right. that's yeah. that to me is like the service there yes. is like is very different than most other places. Yeah. No matter how good a restaurant it is. Yeah. And you know there are a lot of people running great restaurants, but you uh-huh. just have that a different feeling there. Yeah, and I no, just had it in New York a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the smallest little thing uh-huh. that water is full all yeah. every second, yeah. you know, and they're watching it and right anyway. So, yeah. so no, that's it's, my little it's editorial it's, on that.
3: It's funny you mentioned ringside though, because I actually have a lot of history with ringside. Uh, not personally, per well, I guess kind of personally, but um, my uncle. Is actually uh, really good friends with uh, Scotty, who's one of the owners. Mm-hmm. And so I've been going to Ringside since basically like, since I was like born. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, um, but yeah, Ringside is classic Portland yeah. place. Well, it, it kind I don't of, think it
0: gets more classic. Yeah. You can't make an argument that there's anything that's more classic yeah. in Portland. I yeah. mean, I mean, there are, in terms of fine dining, right? Right. So yeah. there's sailors and. Yeah. Ubers and all (laughs) that stuff. But anyway, they've been doing it a long time. So, you know, fine dining, it's interesting because I was going to ask Gary Mm -hmm. when I went to New York Uh um, where to go, and I wanted to go old school. Oh, yeah. So uh, he would have given me all the places that are probably as good, if not a little better than in Portland and Brooklyn. And, like, that's his style of, if you look at his Instagram... Uh And I love that, but uh-huh. I wanted to go. I went with my girlfriend, and I wanted yeah. her to have the uh, the Italian, like the week. New York, New
3: York places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the places that yeah. I.
0: So when I dined out as a, when I was younger, my uh-huh. parents liked to dine out a lot in uh-huh. Connecticut. Yeah, I thought I've thought about it a lot. Fifty percent of our dining was uh-huh. Italian, uh-huh. I and mean, that's what they had there.
3: Okay. Uh-huh. So that's what I wanted to yeah. experience. Yeah, I so. mean that that kind of food is there's no shortage of it in
0: New York, <laughs> and that's not and it's good.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's you
0: know you know yeah. it's great. So. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite kind of, uh, your favorite cuisine?
3: My favorite cuisine? I, I don't really have a favorite. I get asked that all the time. Like, what's your favorite cuisine or what's your favorite dish to cook? Um, well, I know that
0: changes, but let's say, I mean, there's a couple of ways to ask that question. Last meal, you're getting executed tomorrow. Oh
3: man. That's, that's a really hard one. Um, my last meal actually, honestly is, would probably be what I consider my most epic food memory, and -hmm. also when I eat it, but uh, from as far back as I can remember when I was like four or five, and my mom, my favorite thing she would make me was just a perfect bowl of cooked, just like short grain rice, you know, Korean short grain rice, and with a fried sunny side up egg on top, Mm. and she would put a little bit of soy sauce and a little bit of sesame oil on it, and then,
0: that's, that a, it. that's about as simple as it gets. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: So you just take it, you know, you crack the egg yolk open, mix it all up and just eat it. But that dish for me has huge significance for not only, you know, what I think of as what I want to bring to people with food as far mm-hmm. as emotionally, but, you know, just flavor wise as well. I just, I love that. Condo. So
0: if tomorrow
3: was your last day, you'd probably want to throw a little lobster on that. Food, uh, maybe you? Want a little Dungeness crab or <laughs> yeah, something, so, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. uh, Shave <laughs> some, some Malvin truffles on top and call it good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, that's you know, it, it's simple and very non, I guess, fancy, but I think that's probably what it would be.
0: So you probably had a lot of fun exploring Chinese and Beijing stuff. Star- and yes. how many times have you been over to uh, Beijing? But gone
3: back twice. Nice. Yeah, and Kyle does the every few months kind of thing, but he's, that's often. With, yeah, with his work, he's very, uh, you know, there's no set schedule. He just sometimes he'll just disappear for three months. <laughs> I'm like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm in Vietnam. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then that next week, is he'll he be
0: calling in. that research? Does uh, the IRS yeah, need to know, know. <laughs> how much he's deducting? Right. right. right? <laughs>
3: I don't. I don't think so. If he's working for a Chinese company, I think they got all that figured out. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, he goes back to China fairly often. Um, he's got, I think, a lot of um, his core group of friends, because he lived there for 13 years. Mm-hmm. So he's got a very, I think, you know, um, solid core group of friends there that he made, and he still stays in touch with, I think, pretty actively. So,
1: Pausing here a moment, Chris, to talk about Ringside Steakhouse, which, if you recall, we mentioned this last couple of weeks here on the podcast, has now shut down briefly for some renovation
0: don't cut off no
1: the podcast before you hear the word briefly briefly it'll open back up in mid-august after some renovations i think it's early august early august (laughs) after some renovations to the bar (laughs) as well as kind of reconfiguring some of the areas so i think you can have some private parties there a little easier
0: yeah and so the bar is going to be redone you know jimmy's been there for years Mm -hmm. and uh a lot of the folks uh andy they'll be operating from Upgraded quarters yeah. soon, um, and I want to mention the. Um, if you stay tuned, uh, it, I believe not hundred percent. I can't. am not going to divulge this, but but ringside is going to have some new happy hour stuff going Ooh. on. And we know they have that great happy hour. Yeah, we already have on one Sundays, of the best ones in town. Right, but they're gonna they're gonna revamp that as well. I believe. Yeah. Don't hold me to it. Don't hold me to anything. Right.
1: <laughs> other than the experience you have at ringside is second to none. It's right. Like you the, can hold us to that. You can, you know, it's guaranteed. Right. Uh, the best service in town, the best steaks, the best seafood, it's it's perfect.
0: Right. It's really a nice place to go. And, you know, in a city with all sorts of new things going on, it's really nice to have a classic like ringside oh, yeah. that you can always rely upon.
1: And we're, and we're talking about so many different things like prime rib on
0: Mondays, prime Mondays. Right. And also... The thing, I've never been a filet person, yep. but that grass fed filet mm-hmm. that they have at Ringside is fantastic. And of course, the world famous onion On rings. rings. Never forget those. Yep,
1: onion rings. Uh, setting up reservations is super easy. You can just go to ringsidesteakhouse.com. I often use the Open Table app.
0: I think is, that's where, you, if, when you go to Ringside, it I links think that through goes it. Yeah. to there. And yep. the other cool thing about Ringside is once you become, you make a few reservations, they get to know you, they, they know where you want to sit. Yep. They know maybe what drink you would like. That's a nice thing to have happen.
1: So don't forget, once they are back open in early August, you can set up those reservations. Ringsidesteakhouse.com. Let's take another moment here and talk about our great sponsors,
0: Gen Air at Standard TV and Appliance. Yeah, it's awesome. They were with us a couple of years ago, but appropriate now, both in their... Uh, Both started in 1947, and just last year, Gen Air launched a beautiful series of new appliances. They really upgraded everything. They have two lines, Rise and Noir, for you to check out at Standard TV and Appliance. Tell us a little bit about them, Court. Well, both of
1: these lines connect to Wi-Fi so that you can use them using your Amazon Alexa, or maybe you've got a Google-assisted-enabled device like a Google Home Connect and control appliances remotely. Like if you want to set the uh, oven before you get home, you can do that. Get real-time notifications. You can contact Gen Air Call Center through them. And get this. Get a recipe from Yumly
0: through the device. More than one. You can do a few of them. And not only that, you can attach your dishwasher to Amazon and get get lo- the dishwasher detergent delivered w- without even thinking about it. Nothing
1: is worse than running out of dishwasher detergent, I mean, not, not realizing it, but your dishwasher or your washing machine are going to know this.
0: Absolutely. So both the Noir and Rise line feature irresistible interiors illuminated by cinematic and chef's lighting, which is really cool. You got to see these. Smooth racks and flat tines, an expanse of dark glass really easy way for you to check out these lines you can google search gen air
1: rise or gen air noir that's one way to check these out but there's an even better way to do it
0: Let's go down to standard tv and appliance they have four locations mm-hmm. one in beaverton two in portland the showrooms are beautiful and you'll be able to see them uh, not only in the showrooms but on the on the showroom floor and uh, also one in bend for our millions of listeners out there so, well, how would you describe to the layperson out there the difference mm. between Beijing, the the food that's served in Beijing, mm. and I mean, China's so large; it's so massive. most to, to yeah. idiots like me, I don't know. Well, you know, I'm uh, you know a little. There's Unan and right. That's right. And, 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 and
3: don't feel bad. I mean, that's you know, I I I don't have a direct answer as far as what differentiates Beijing cuisine from all the other region regionalities. For me, the way that I picture Beijing cuisine is it's the capital city of China. And when on the research trips that I've been on there, it's always been every style of food and dish that I tried with Kyle going around there. um, It was never just, oh, this is from Sichuan. And so we're going to try it. Like we went to places that he loved, you know, for example, um, like the Chongqing we don't have it on the menu right now, but we have these, uh, the cold Chongqing liangmian, which is like the cold noodles with a spicy sesame sauce and shredded chicken. Um, He would always go to the Chongqing Hotel in Beijing, which, so every region in China has like a government hotel uh, from each region. So Hunan, Sichuan, Chongqing, which is kind of part of Sichuan, but it's its own, you know, area. Um, or the politician's day when they're in Beijing, you know, to go do government business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so each hotel has the restaurant that's dedicated solely to that region's cuisine. And the Chongqing hotel was one of the ones that we went to and we just had these stellar versions of the dish, you know, that didn't originate in Beijing, but was available because it's open to the public. So that's,
0: that's your, uh, mission statement really is if yeah. it's served in Beijing, yes, uh, and, and, f- and we have found it there. Done and it's great.
3: Well, yes. Amazing. Like so that really could be good. from
0: anywhere in China. It that could be. It.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have like Xinjiang lamb skewers on the menu and Xinjiang is the, literally the opposite end of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's a huge, it's a hugely popular dish all over China. Um, the skewers, you know, but in Beijing it's very high profile because it's just, it's a very communal food you know, you go to the wet markets down there and you'll see tables with four people and the, a uh, no joke they'll they'll literally be a hundred skiers on the table. I mean, mm. granted, you know, they don't have a lot of meat on them, right. but still it's pretty incredible to see, you know, that quantity of sticks of protein with only four people sitting at this tiny plastic table <laughs> on the, on the middle of a sidewalk. Um, but you know, we took that kind of refined it a little bit and we didn't really tailor it because the versions that I had in Beijing, there was a few different versions. You know, there was ones that were more mild ones that were more spicy, but the one overlaying factor was always the, um, really, really heavy cumin flavor. And so, you know, we did a couple of spice blends to just to experiment with what worked best for us. We found that balance and, you know, that has never left the menu at Dunway, which they never will because they're, you know, one of our trademark dishes, the lamb skewers. And
0: so so am I correct in, in, stating that in portland spicier sells better than milder
3: uh yes to a point um we've had a little bit of a battle every once in a while with you know some we'll get this stretch of time for a month where people are like oh well this is not really chinese spicy so we'll ramp it up by like twenty percent and then you get like three weeks of people (laughs) they can addition they go I can't eat this. My mouth is on fire, and this is way too spicy. So it's it's a delicate balance. I don't think people in Portland eat as spicy as they think they do mm. overall.
0: Yeah. Well, I say that because things are often when it, when it goes when it comes to Asian food, uh-huh. things are often too
3: spicy for me. Yeah.
0: So I. Yeah. Th- yeah. So
3: you like what, like a little bit of jalapeno spice? Is yeah, that? but yeah. I,
0: I I like a certain threshold where yeah. it's not overwhelming. Just right. I get a little. There's a little. Left in my mouth at the end of yeah. a few bites, but yeah. I don't want to have to, you know, go for something, <laughs> and it's, it's just what I prefer. Yeah. Now, years ago, when I first moved here, uh-huh. didn't pretty much no spice, so yeah. I've, I've learned, uh, and my, uh, one, of my son, one of my sons has a high spi- spi- spice threshold, mm-hmm. and the other one living in Portland, oh. so as I said, we were eating mostly Italian food and pizza, yeah. and came yeah. here, and, you know, it's, it's elevated a little yeah. bit. So do you're speaking, are you speaking Chinese now? Uh, no,
3: I, I know a few words, like food words, but uh, no, I, uh, I'm not fluent in Chinese. I speak and, Korean.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this, and not to be politically incorrect here, no. but are you avoiding conversations about cultural appropriation because you're Asian and you're doing, I don't, does
3: anybody identify <sighs> it and say, That's hey. a good question. Um, I don't think I am. I, it's not something that I've ever given a lot of thought to i've i've heard the arguments on well you, but sides. you
0: would be giving a thought if someone was challenging <laughs> right, you right right so yeah i mean it I, sounds to me like you're avoiding it yeah. and I, yeah. i'm not i'm just finding it <laughs> slightly <enough>. amusing <laughs> yeah. that you know the the people yeah. who are usually sensitive to that uh-huh. thing aren't doing enough research to say oh yeah. wait a minute he's korean yeah and
3: right yeah i um yeah i honestly with Dunway, i ha- i haven't thought of it that much i haven't been avoiding it um no i'm not i'm not i'm not
0: challenging you either i'm just i'm finding it hey a korean
3: american guy being a chef at a beijing chinese restaurant
0: but because we're all we're pretty much so provincial yeah white people are so provincial they're not really paying (laughs) that much attention to it he's asian and that's chinese so it's right right
3: so yeah. anyway but yeah no that's a good point though yeah i um you know it's never come up like nobody's ever challenged me on there you go it you know and if anything i mean the chinese customers that we get at Donway, they're actually very um especially ones from mainland china mm-hmm. whether they're students at psu or you know pe- it'd been people who lived here for 20 years but you know who grew up in beijing or you know spent a few years there um they're always very excited because they're just like how do you know what this tastes like? <laughs> you're you're Korean American, you're not even Chinese American. Um but yeah, I mean I just tell them that, you know, it's it's just appreciation for good food, appreciation for food culture, which China has one of the oldest ones on the planet. Of course. You know what I mean? I mean and, and that's so,
0: that was the, for me uh-huh. the first um ethnic quote quote unquote anything outside of, you know, Italian, I guess. Yeah. But we went to Chinese restaurants no. quite a bit. Yeah. When I was a kid, Connecticut has
3: a huge amount of
0: Chinese. I know. I, you know, right. I looked, I was just back there. I was just yeah. looking for the two uh-huh. that we used to go to when I was a kid. Oh. And they're both, they're, their names are gone. I'm uh-huh. sure they may be in the same space with different names. Yeah. But they're gone. Yeah. So that was kind of sad. But I do remember one incident uh, biting down on a red pepper uh-huh. and actually uh, was out with my family yeah. and I was introducing them, where it was right about when I was introducing them to my new girlfriend. Yeah later became my wife then my ex-wife and i remember biting down a red pepper and i just cried (laughs) i was crying i was (laughs) was, and i was so pissed off. i was like why did they put this in here it's it's miserable anyway so um that was a while ago Mm. (laughs) of course and Mm. um you know i still i still like chinese i like a a lot of asian food but i don't think i like it as much as the people in the food industry Uh here because that seems to be what everybody gravitates. Uh, chefs, uh, that's what they l- seem to like the most. Is Chinese food? Just Asian food. Oh, Asian Tha- food. Thai, for yeah. you know, Vietnamese. Yeah. Agreed. And other I- than
3: brunch, <laughs> Which yeah. Portland, I guess all. Portland I don't know knows. if
0: a lot of sh- if a lot of food industry people are doing brunch. Yeah, I don't maybe see not. that. Yeah, I don't know.
3: I'm just I'm I'm not a bruncher. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good eggs Benedict, but if but I'm not going to stand in line for, you know, you 20 minutes, let alone for, for an hour.
0: Would you stand in line? Do you stand in line for much? Uh, what would you stand re- in line when for? When I have That's to renew my question. driver's license. <laughs> to drive. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. drive. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but uh, you can find uh, you can find places to go that aren't long lines
3: here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For that? Yeah.
0: I, I yeah. love that. In Connecticut, it was a yeah. four-hour ordeal. Oh, right. Really? Oh, here you can go to Lake Oswego. That uh, one's pretty quick quick. And I yeah. go to
3: Astoria now. Yeah.
0: Boom. In and out yeah. for yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you get to travel? Are you traveling much? How old are your uh, kids? How old are your my I
3: have one son, and Egan is six now. So he's going into first grade this coming year. Nice. Out.
0: That's a good wow. age. Yeah. Six yeah. is a really fun age. It is six yeah. to eleven. Six five to eleven five is, five that, to is that 11. the pocket? Well, you know, it depends. <laughs> I have different kids, everybody's different. Yeah. But my you yeah, know, six to eleven they're yeah. pleasant ages. Yeah. They're they're wide eyed and right. Um, right. they're always looking at things in a positive way. I can't say every kid does, but yeah. I I think it's fun. Yeah, they're, they're it not is. yet getting jaded. Yeah, yeah. Put it he's, that way. Yeah,
3: he's in an interesting spot because he's uh he's actually at uh, the international school mm-hmm. um in Japanese immersion. So how's that for multicultural oh, Asian? Well, that's fantastic <laughs> family. Yeah. So he um, and does, do you do, are you in turn speaking uh, Japanese? I've learned a few words, but I do need to get more. I have an app that I downloaded. Um,
0: does Duolingo ch- uh,
3: teach Japanese? I no? don't know Duolingo. The one that I have is called Rocket Japanese. I think. Oh. Yeah, but uh, I haven't been as good as I should have on it. But yeah, he's. You know fluent conversationally and pretty much you know knows the entire hiragana alphabet which is incredible since he never spoke japanese before and so now he's you know in the mode of you know his mind is expanding and you can just tell like like every day because he reads actually better now in Japanese than he does English. Wow. <laughs> sure. So my son yeah.
0: did the same thing. He learned yeah. uh, Japanese uh-huh. and then he learned Chinese.
3: Oh. Okay. On his own.
0: Yeah. You know, that's crazy. I, I was out getting high during high school <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. what he wanted to spend. Yeah, and yeah. he was, uh, it, I think it turned out. And yeah. the first time he traveled internationally on uh-huh. his own, he went to Beijing.
3: Oh, nice. Which
0: was uh, very cool. Nice. Um, but I did see him wearing a mask Yes, over there. So Sometimes. my first thought is that's not where I want to go. He- on yeah, vacation necessary to where yeah,
3: I, uh, I feel like springtime is probably the best time if you don't want to get too much pollution <laughs> um yeah
0: that's not where I'm the first can, idea let's yeah. go where there's a lot of pollution first.
3: <laughs> it can get really bad it's an amazing city but yeah the smog there is it's incredible because I thought that I'd seen really bad smog in New York LA um because I lived in LA for a couple of years, and you know, smog down there can get pretty bad by American mm-hmm. standards. But LA is like amateur hour compared to well, Beijing, not as get... much as it used to be, too. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I was that, down there years well. ago. Yeah.
0: So you've lived, you've lived in Hawaii, you've lived, lived in Hawaii, lived uh, Los in Angeles, LA, Los, and uh, Spain. Spain. That's right. Yeah. Spain. So if you could pick any place that you could live, regardless, outside of where you need to sustain a lifestyle for business standpoint, let's Uh say you're going to retire and where's your favorite place so far that you've been or that you, that you've lived or that you've visited. There's
3: there's two. It would probably either probably be back to San Sebastian. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that or Kyoto in Japan. And Mm -hmm. I've never lived in Japan. I've only visited, but uh, Kyoto is just, it's an amazing, uh, amazing city.
0: Uh, so you picked two of the best food destinations, yes. well, and that's just from yes. my reading. I've been to San yeah. Sebastian. I've never been to Japan, yeah. but from what I've read, those and, and I know Bort, mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain when he was in Portland, uh-huh. and someone asked him if you could only eat one, go one more place and uh-huh. eat in your for the rest of your life. He said Japan. I don't think he oh, got yeah. specific as to where. Yeah, but I mean, here's a guy who knows, right? Yeah. Um, but San Sebastian too. Yeah
3: san sebastian is amazing yeah i uh when i lived there i mean you know we would go on food like just runs out in the parte vieja you know mm-hmm. on usually monday nights because that was our only day off um but uh yeah i just loved it you know everything from getting up in the morning to getting that morning tortilla for breakfast and a little cafe mm-hmm. to you know when it's like two in the morning and. Every, you know, all the line cooks were super drunk, and like, okay, what club are we going to go to? You know, starting at two a.m. because you know they're open till five thirty or whatever mm-hmm. over there. And so. Spain is
0: incredible. You can go <laughs> yeah. by a place at midnight, nothing's happening, <laughs> yeah. and then a couple yeah. of hours later, right? It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Do you yeah. miss the Clark
3: Lewis Blue Hour style of food? Um, I you did I that do. for a long time yeah i know i I do uh clark lewis for me was probably the main influence for you know learning just really how to respect product because we had access to you know everything i mean we did a rooftop garden there you know we i started that back in 2000 and um what was that two thousand and nine. you know what i mean where it wasn't even a thing like i was just like right. across from us the harvester building they have a rooftop and they're just like, we got some planter boxes up there, you know, with some pretty good space. If you guys want to do any herbs or I even have a, I don't know if they took it out yet, but I planted a bay leaf tree up there, like a laurel tree. <laughs> and what, quali- what so, where did you get the knowledge to do that? Um, just for the garden. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean garden, some of I mean, it, some it's, of it was it's Spain. Thing to, cook. It's right, another right. thing to. Some of it was Spain because there's actually at uh, Mugaritz, like there's a garden, uh, there on site. Um, during the warmer months, but I, a lot of it too, was just me trial and error. I mean, you know, I looked up, um, different like soil, um, mixes, uh, you know, fertilizers that were obviously non-chemical, you know, all, all that stuff. And then just kind of, you know, picked, went through charts of seasonal, um, just like herbs and, you know, lettuces, stuff like that. That was, you know, not that required care, but nothing crazy like i didn't have to tend to it literally every day Mm -hmm. um and then just kind of went from there and it it kind of blossomed because all of a sudden all the cooks started to get super excited about it and so um you know they would come in be like oh hey you know i i'll come in an hour early if i can go up there and you know do Mm. any kind of like weeding or surprisingly even on the fourth floor of a roof in southeast portland you can get weeds (laughs) up there and so yeah i mean it's a lot of it was just learning from doing it for the first year. And then did it
0: make you a better chef having a quote unquote urban gardener? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it did. Because even something as simple, actually a great example is, uh, we planted a quite a bit of Italian parsley Mm because we used a lot of it at Clark and there would be weeks where you could tell in the summertime where if you didn't water, you know, after you trimmed off what you needed that by, by Friday or Saturday, you start to get low. And, you know, when you're used to for a month and a half, two months, not ordering parsley from your produce purveyor and <laughs> your only source, you know, obviously other than drive down to Sheridan and get like six bunches for the night. Right. But when your cook comes back like, and he's like, or she is like, I don't think we have enough parsley for tonight. You kind of get that perspective of, Oh wait, I'm growing this. And so, you know, we need and more to, respect for right, it. Right. Right. You know, you know? It's, and it's work. I mean, you know, it's, it's very simple, Um, product, but to keep it alive and producing, especially for a, you know, a busy restaurant, it's, it definitely puts things into perspective.
0: Who were your, who was there when you were there? Who were your influences at Clark Lewis? Which by the Um, way, mm -hmm. for the uninitiated back in 2009 or probably a little before that, you know, if you were talking about the top 10 restaurants in Portland, there's no time that Clark Lewis would not have been listed back then in the late 2000 aughts, right. Right.
3: Yeah, no. Um, so I started there. Um, Clark Lewis was my first job back in Portland. Um, because I moved, when I finished at Mugarets, I went straight to Los Angeles, um, to go stage at a few places. Um, and then I found out about the sous chef job at Clark Lewis and I was still living in LA. And so I, uh, you know, um, applied I was still living in LA applied. We set up a stage and I flew up here. Um, and it was when, uh, Dolan Lane was actually the exec chef. Mm-hmm. Um, he had just moved to Clark Lewis from blue hour. Um, and, uh, you know, did the stage, uh, got offered the job and then I flew back to LA for, it was about a week and then came back up here, um, to start. And then, you know, Dolan was there for about three and a half years. And then he went back to blue hour and then I took over as exec chef at Clark
0: um and you're that was back home for you you grew up in portland Mm -hmm. um yeah and you also didn't start out uh, you know in your scholastic years yeah you were you were on your way to computer science yeah right Right. so this is very different yeah
3: so it was you know the the transition to (laughs) the culinary was um was very it was a really lucky time for me but also yeah i mean it was you know never something that i looked for as a career before i found cooking school because i would never worked in a restaurant before right you know? and did
0: you feel like you were um leaving something behind did, uh, were you did you have some were you unsure about it uh you...
3: no i <laughs> <laughs> i literally uh, yeah no i i didn't even really think about it cuz um i went to culinary school up in seattle mm-hmm. up in seattle center community college and uh i I always thought that, you know, a day job or whatever you want to call it, the nine to five, right? You know, you go clock in, go to your desk, clock out, um, was going to be the norm cause I didn't know any better. Right. You know? And um, in
0: Seattle, that's kind of what you did. Yeah, Computer yeah, science, yeah, right? Right. That's
3: a- right. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I entered culinary school just to kill a quarter because when I transferred back from Hawaii, I lined up all my credits to go to the UW and finish there at University of Washington. And I just I entered colonial school on a whim because a buddy of mine told me that they have a cooking school there. So I was like, oh, that'll be super fun. You know, for something a while. you can
0: use for a lifetime. Yeah. So if you can to, <laughs> yeah. learn to cook. And, and I and I
3: always loved cooking and you know, he so I went, um, I dropped I actually was at Seattle Central to take an anthropology class. That same day I toured the kitchen and kind of the classroom facilities, and I was like, oh, this would be cool. So I dropped the anthro class, entered into, cl- into the culinary, thinking it was just gonna be that one quarter, and that I went in literally the first day, and it was kind of weird because all, you know, everyone's in chef coats, and you got your shiny new clogs in here, like Czech chef pants, and uh, you know, sat down, um, went through a little bit of an orientation, uh, We were using the CIA cookbook. I forget the title of it. It's it's pretty famous, Um, but uh, the CIA cookbook like textbook came down, and I opened it up, and you know just started flipping through it for a few minutes. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like, I'm not. I'm gonna finish this program, (laughs) and this is what I'm gonna do. You know. So that's how I started cooking. Was um,
0: and can you code? Could you code?
3: Uh, no, no, I, I knew a little bit, but it, for me, I actually went, I was double majoring cause I was in English lit as well. And so mm, I was interesting giving yeah more interest cause I wanted to be a, a teacher. And so like, like an English teacher, oh, now and you so, are. I'm
0: sure you're teaching a lot
3: uh, of yeah. people how to cook. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, um, yeah, the computer science was basically just to kind of make the parents happy, telling them I had a kind of a backup plan of how to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, like, I was really into it.
0: <laughs> My so. guess is that if you're not into computer science, you're <laughs> yeah. probably not good. Well, I guess some people yeah. could make some money, but you have yeah. to be passionate about yeah. what you do. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and, so, and I'm a very firm believer in that as well.
0: And so how has uh, how has cooking worked out financially for you? Is it, It's worked I'm out. Al- I'm always very curious about mm. how it's working for chefs. And, you know, yeah. it's a tough world out there. Yeah. The margins are small. Nope. It's thankless, I can't say it's thankless work, mm-hmm. but it's hard work. It is. And, there, yeah. and I don't see a lot of, at least in Portland, I don't yeah. see a lot of chefs driving BMWs. <laughs> right, and, no. and with vacation homes. <laughs> right, right. So, um, whereas in other markets, you would probably you, yeah, see that. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, no, um, overall, I mean, I can't complain. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a, oh, like, you know, cooking is, like, for a perfect example is, you know, a lot of people call cooking an art that argument i don't really think of cooking as art i think of it as a craft um but yeah i mean it's i think in any kind of you know restaurant situation it is really hard to make a ton of money you know and i'm not gonna bullshit you like i don't dislike money (laughs) you know what i mean it'd be nice to have a house next to you in manzanita you know that i go to every summer
0: (laughs) mine isn't it's don't worry yeah the (laughs) house is next to mine and nice but mine isn't yeah
3: But, uh, um, but overall, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I feel good about the direction that I'm going as far as professionally. Um, would you
0: want Egan to go that direction?
3: If he wanted to? Yeah. I think I would support him mm-hmm. Um, as, as a parent and not as a chef. I don't know. It's a 50, 50 coin flip mm-hmm. um, because like you said, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's a very hard industry. You know, the hours are shitty. Um, are
0: you know, they better for you now though that they you're, are you're up and running? They are
3: better. Yes. Um, but still it's, it takes a lot of, uh, time and footwork to keep a place going, you know, even from an owner operator kind of standpoint. Um, there's definitely perks to being able to open up your time more. Um, But in between the lines, there's still a lot of just, you know, stuff that happens that you got to deal with it, you know, four in the afternoon on a Saturday, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I'm interested.
0: I find it interesting that you call it a craft and not art because what you're, what you're doing is artful. You're changing, you know, you're doing some research and, uh, you know, but having been at Blue Hour uh-huh. and Clark Lewis, that's yeah. artful food. I think of it yeah. that way. Yeah, but Anybody who's running those kitchens, yeah, yeah maybe it's, you know, for, as a diner, yeah. it's beautifully
3: artful. Right, right. So. right. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I love the aesthetics of food, you know, mm-hmm. especially with something like Super Hawk, like, you know, composed plates. I mean, I, you know, in fine dining, like I love, you know, I love seeing a line cook, you know, do small dice with a ruler. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of shit excites me but I still don't think of it as art because for me, like art is Da Vinci or Van Gogh or, you know, like something like a painting or a sculpture, whereas with food, it's, it can be artistic, I guess, in your vision, but I just, I don't think of it as like,
0: well, I'm going to, I'm <laughs> It's not something I've given a lot of thought to, yeah. but as you're talking, I'm going to throw this at you. Yeah. So art for me and uh-huh. I, you know, I have a little bit of art uh-huh. and I like it yeah. and r- ranging from paintings to a little sculpture uh-huh. and, and it sticks with me and, mm-hmm. it, and it touches me and I remember it. Yeah. It's always something that's important. Yeah. Same thing with food. There are certain food that yeah. you try that yeah. it would I would call, well, that was art because it stuck with me and I remember oh. it. And in the same way, you know, yeah. and I'm ingesting it right. actually. that's That's so, a good point just something to think about. No. And you know, I don't know, yeah. I'm not trying to inspire you at all, but no. I'm sure people have eaten your food and it's made yeah. that type of difference in yeah. their life. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's, it can, that's it actually can be. Pretty,
3: that's a good point. Yeah. I, I get it, but yeah, I don't know for me. I think it's, it's mostly the reason that I don't think of cooking as art and think of it as a craft is that there's a lot of people, a lot of chefs and cooks who don't understand the complexity of what we do on a bigger picture, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially nowadays, you know, it's all about, Oh, like the latest Instagram post of my, you know, beautiful, like, you know, eight component dish. I'm just like, try, try doing that for 200 people on a Saturday night motherfucker. (laughs) And then show me what your fucking plates look like. It's like, they have no clue. You know what I mean? It's like, the understanding of flavor of technique, um, and you because, don't
0: see that on Instagram posts. It's yeah, just what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And by the you way, know? how do you feel about that when someone, you've obviously the food being hot is important to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like it's very important. Yeah, so, yeah. and then when you put it down, and there's five minutes of picture taking. Right. But how do you feel I, as, a, as a chef?
3: Um I think as a diner, it's it's whatever you want to do. You know, if you're paying for the meal, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Um But I think that if you start to become, and don't get me wrong, I love seeing beautiful pictures of food on mm-hmm. the, on Instagram or Facebook, whatever, just as much as the next person. But if you as a chef start to think that, you know, some blogger who's going to come to your restaurant and take a photo is more important than what your food tastes like, mm-hmm. then you're you probably shouldn't be in the game anymore because at that point you've lost all, you know, There's just, there's no reason. It's like, why are you?
0: (laughs) Are there, do you see a lot of chefs in Portland that might think that's more important?
3: Uh, no, not in Portland. But Uh, elsewhere. Bigger cities. I Mm -hmm. feel like it's become very, um, and you know, part of it is the balance. Without social media now, 10 years ago, I would have laughed in your face, but I understand that Facebook and Instagram are huge tools or and f- creating and business cheap. and commerce. They're very yeah, cheap. Yeah, and so yeah. is
0: Yelp, even though right. people hate it. <laughs> yeah. It's a cheap, you know, otherwise yeah. you'd have to be buying ads in Portland Monthly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, they, if Take away yeah. social media. Mm-hmm. How would you get the word? How would... Yeah, I mean, sh- you'd,
3: you'd have to get a review or, you know, right. yeah, you know Willamette Week or you know, Portland Monthly or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's... And a, how far would that go? So yeah. if your review, think yeah. about that. If you were reviewed
0: you can only get reviewed so often. Mm. And then in a city like Portland, yeah. you're not the next best thing. Like yeah. how many people are re- That's reviewing true. Paley's place yeah. today? That's true. There aren't many <laughs> reviews of Paley's yeah. place, yeah. but because of social media,
3: right. It's, still it's, there. it's a monster. Pl- I mean, it's the future, you know, for, especially for the restaurant industry. Um, but I
0: find as a diner, I, right. I don't know if you go to my feed, I, I do. There's, food there. yeah. there's food there. There's food there. But I honestly, and I did this this weekend. Uh-huh. I don't feel like posting. I just feel like enjoying <laughs> yeah. this meal yeah. and not making it about, as right. a matter of fact, I'll tell you the truth. And uh-huh. this is most of my, my favorite meals. Uh-huh. There's no Instagram because I'm engaged and I'm uh, enjoying yeah, yeah. it. Uh-huh. And it's not about yep. that. So yep. that's not to say yeah. I wouldn't take a quick picture and post right. it. later. And
3: that's a whole other conversation too. Of Oh my God. Like I can't even in a fast casual. I understand you fine. Don't take a, you know, don't take a picture. I don't want you to, But, like, people who come in to any restaurant and that disconnectivity that they order and then all four people at the table are on their phones. Well, that was my question to you. The five minutes. Are you guys serious? All four. Yeah, Yeah, everybody and taking a different angle.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually like um, the, I like the architecture. And the yeah. restaurant. Yeah. I feel like there's so many pictures of food. Yeah. So if I post a picture of food, it's another one. It's the same dish. Oh. 60 million other people yeah. just posted. Yeah. Whereas if I can get a nice angle of the restaurant and give people like Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I like that better. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I yeah. like my dogs and my coast. But, yeah. But food itself, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm doing it because I have kind of a business. And sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, cool, look at this white clam pizza that I right. just had. right. But um, anyway, it's, a, it's an interesting factor because it's not something they taught you in culinary school. Uh, no, no, and it's a big part. Nobody of
3: saw it. it coming when I was in culinary school. You know? Yeah, I mean,
0: but I wonder if they if they if they have Instagram one hundred and one now in culinary
3: school. I I would not be surprised if bigger schools like the CIA or Johnson and Wales have some kind of like side, you know, credit program where that is something that you study or whatever. That wouldn't be actually a big surprise, right? And yeah. h- hiring a chef yeah. because
0: they get the Instagram,
3: yeah. Which is another big thing, too, that I don't want to go there because I have all kinds of thoughts on that, too. Like so, what? Well, just, I, it's good, it just goes with the same thing of, you know, chefs who have all this, you know, cooking experience, with us. so they say, but like, you know, you go to them and you're like, can you, can you just make me mirepoix and a really good, simple veal stock? And they'll be like, can I brush it on a plate with a paintbrush? Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? and, and that kind of attitude, I feel like it it kind of cheapens the, the whole perception of fine dining, you know, especially fine dining. I mean, cooking in general, but for me, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, takes away from what I do as a chef, you know, because people who don't understand the amount of work and technique and time that goes into really good food, um, they'll just, they'll never understand it. I mean, just like I said, it, it, if it looks pretty great, but what does it taste like? You know? And at the end of the day, if it doesn't taste good, I mean it's just what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I
0: also believe because of Instagram, yeah. there are a lot of people that automatically think something is good because everybody else has jumped on they're jumping oh, right. on the bandwagon. Oh yeah, yeah. No. So totally. I've had plenty of things totally like that I just don't you know, this uh-huh. is not that great to me, but yeah. everybody else seems to like it, so mm-hmm. good. I don't have the same Yeah. Palette that everybody else does, so whatever. But I do think there are a lot of places that get uh, great—you know—get a lot of play out there, and then people automatically like it, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to name a few.
3: Yeah, but uh, but hey, just because you put edible flowers on a pizza doesn't mean it's going to taste good, (laughs) right?
0: And I'm not even talking about (laughs) the edible flowers. I'm uh, just—you know—there's some places I like. Why does it get so much attention? But uh, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with with chef personality too. It likes them. So when the chef community loves them, Uh then that, then that permeates outside into the dining community. Right. I think that that happens a lot. Yeah. So, uh, is there any place in particular that you've been recently that you're, that has excited you or that you, if some friends were coming into town, you'd say you have to
3: go there. Um, lately, let me think. Um, I really like, uh, you know, the Shigezo group in town, Mm -hmm. um, they opened a little place down on MLK called Wah Kitchen Koo. Oh, that's, um, it's very different than their other places because the other places, they're okay. I mean, you know, not bad, but, um, the, their Udon at Wah Kitchen Koo is excellent. Um, I was very surprised when I went and I've gone back and it's been just as good every single time. Um, that that's one. Um, I went back to actually Renata recently. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been in probably a couple of years. Okay. Um, it was really good. So, um, yeah,
0: and Chris is still there, right? Chris. I don't think so. Oh, I didn't know.
3: Yeah. I, I'm not a hundred percent. I don't know for sure. But, um, cause I see Chris, uh, he comes to Donway. Um every once in a while, but I don't know if he's still there. Um but either way, it was excellent. Um it was really good. Well, that's good to hear. I haven't um, been there
0: I haven't been there since um since Since Siegler. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I am sorry, I got up three AM this morning. <laughs> yeah, so uh th- since Matt's last day yeah. there, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. That was the last okay. last time I was there. So it's um, good to hear that. Yeah, good.
3: It's it was really good. And then I went to Hanoke last night, which is obviously excellent. Oh well, that's new. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask yeah.
0: you, and that's good. It always is. It's yeah.
3: it's always great, and yeah. every
0: everybody always says it's yeah. they have a great time there. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
3: yeah, But It's also you know just the environment. It's so comfortable there. Mm-hmm. You know, because it doesn't matter who and you and Peter could be. and
0: Son. You gotta right, love right. Peter and Son. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you might see Gary there. Is he still <laughs> serving? I don't oh, think he wasn't so. there last,
3: last night. I don't think he's but.
0: doing that anymore because he's <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> was he, was the he time. working
3: there part-time too? <laughs> oh, he was, yeah. I know he, was, he eats there a lot. He was running. He was oh, running really? for them. Oh, that's yeah, awesome.
0: So yeah. that was pretty cool for nice. quite a while. They're good friends. So if someone were going you were going to Dunway, what what would you suggest? What would you be happiest to see them order?
3: Um, At Dunway, probably, I would say, our uh, um, Lamb's Cures. Mm-hmm. Any of the... Well, the, either the lamb or the pork Rojamo, which is the Chinese burger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think what, for the true like Beijing experience. Um, I guess our wontons are really good too. We do a, um, it's a Sichuan style wonton. So it's a pork wonton, um, but uh, it comes with a, uh, um, it's like a black vinegar chili sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very complex, sour, sweet, salty. Um, spicy all at the same time. So that's a really nice, um, also another really nice dish that we have right now. Fantastic. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I think those three are a pretty good start.
0: So for those people who are a little spelling challenged, can you uh, give them the Instagram and anything they need to know to get to your restaurant either physically oh, yeah, or find so out our, and do the research before going? Yes, so website
3: is just, uh, you know, com. And that's D like David A N W E I C A N T I N G dot com, and, and then our Instagram is just at Donway Kenting.
0: No PDX. So, you're not, uh, you're no, not worried about anybody else no, taking that name, no? Yeah. Somewhere. And what is yeah. that name? Where, where's that derived? So
3: Donway Kenting is comes from uh, back in the communist times. Um, it's and not only in Beijing but across China, around the larger cities. Um, cities of industry, um, there were a lot of, uh, areas where they would, uh, locate a specific type of labor or work, you know, like, let's say just as a random example, like a TB factory. Um, and within that area, there would be living quarters, uh, cafeterias, almost like its own, like self-contained kind of village Mm -hmm. where all the workers and the families would live together and the cafeteria where all the families ate. Um, was, you know, one of the main kind of group areas where they would congregate. And that, the workers' cafeteria, which basically translates to Dunway Kenting, those were called the Mm Dunways, And so um, that's where the name comes from. Kyle actually learned it when he was in China and always kind of held on to that romantic, you know, idea of um, just kind of that time period. Um, Because, you know, obviously there there was a lot of political strife during that time too, but... There's a lot of good things that happened in China during the, you know, the communist times mm-hmm. as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's where the name comes from. Very so, cool. Yeah. So we, you know, for us bringing it to Portland, it was more about, you know, than the name, but also it's, you know, a restaurant for everybody, you know, not just whoever, but
0: fantastic. Yeah. Well, Superhawk, I want to talk to you about that when you get that going for a little bit. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: A PFA thing. Yeah. I tend to put people on the spot here and they say (laughs) yes with a mic in front of them, Uh and then it might be a little different thing when that actually happens. But I wish you luck with that. Thank you. Because that's your your passion. And I also thank you for coming in on fairly short notice, not too short notice. Yeah, no. I try to leave. Well, we try to leave these. Open yeah. so that uh-huh. when something comes up, because if we're booked too far out, right. then So, right. but sometimes we're booked far out, and sometimes we're not. Yeah. And also, thank you for being, uh, I think, a lively, fun interview. <laughs> oh yeah. Because no I frankly, I came in here this morning after you know missing a connection at a, at oh, midnight you, you last night <laughs> and no. had to stay in Seattle and uh, get up at three thirty this morning uh, to get that's here. why. And I was, uh, you know, sometimes you're, uh, <laughs> but you kept me kept. You kept me awake. (laughs) I think Court was awake the whole time. He's not. He's not sleeping over there. No. 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 I wish I was. Did we wake you? What? No. no. Do you have a long night too, Court? (laughs) No, but you're (laughs) very interesting to talk talk to and thank um, you. Likewise. Speak with. with. Yeah. Cool. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you over at the at Tumblr.
3: Yeah. Soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Thank you.